2: Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation.
0: It's time for another edition of the podcast designed
2: for the most die hard Georgia fans in the country.
0: Here are your hosts,
2: Tyler and Charlie.
0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and in a surprising turn of events, gracing us with her presence once again for, believe it or not, the second week in a row after about, what, two months off, living her best summer life, is my coach, Charlie. Having vacation withdrawals yet, Charlie?
1: No, but I am going on a few more trips. Are you really? Yeah.
0: No. What? I mean, No, sure. whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I've i got this schedule laid out like the rest of the summer. Where are you going? When yeah. are you leaving? I'll be back. Are you going to actually give me the info yep. of because I have called, no idea this was happening. I thought you were done. There is this
1: thing called Zoom, which I've suggested. But
0: okay, all right, yes, I, I know that we could do this through Zoom. The problem is I haven't mastered how to do it through. I can I use challenges. I use Zoom date. No, no, no. Well, yeah, I use Zoom on a daily basis professionally, but to use it and then download it as an MP3 and upload it to our recording equipment, all that's our our program. I I could. Figure it out, probably, but it would take some time for me to figure it out, and I just don't know if I want to invest that time to figure it out. Because what we've got working now, it it works well too. I
2: wouldn't
1: even want to Google to find out how to do any of that.
0: I mean, it took me a good while to teach myself how to podcast. Three
1: was still a thing.
0: Well, that's the file that I have to, yeah, I, I, I had have. to, what we do here with our recording program, I have to convert it to MP3 file and then upload it to over time. Too many yeah, words, there's too many of, words. There are a lot of steps. Stop. Yeah, and I've had to teach, my, I literally have had to teach myself all of this years ago, I guess, what, five, six years ago now. Um, I, I'm pretty good at it now for the most part, but learning new things takes a while. I'm not an expert at it. I can do enough to record the podcast, post the podcast, edit it if I need to.
1: You're also getting older
0: what does that have to do with anything?
1: Your memory. Understanding, no, I know I'm not, I'm not even not that
0: old. Come on, that's like 20 years away before my mind starts going right. At least
1: mid 30s. Mid 30s. No. Who's saying? I mean,
0: who is some? Name them. Your wife? No, don't. She doesn't count.
1: She doesn't count. I really don't
0: say, I nope. Let's see. I can edit that out, right? I can go ah. back. I know how to do that. I can edit that out. Uh, all right. Well, at some point, let me know when you're actually leaving so I can figure out what I'm gonna be doing because oh, I'm leaving thought, tomorrow. No, I'm actually leaving tomorrow. I'm the one. I've been holding down the fort for a couple of of months now. I'm taking a vacation.
1: Yeah, but I'll be back before the next show.
0: All right. Are you leaving too this weekend? Yeah. For real? Yeah. Oh, you're being serious. Yeah. Oh, where are you going? Lake. Oh, fun. (laughs) So fun. Listeners. So fun. He
1: is not a water person. Especially if it's not the pool. Well,
0: I'm not a water person. It's not super like when I was a kid. Sure, it's not like the the idea of a lake and tubing and jet skiing was a kid. That's exciting, but I mean, as a 30 year old man, 30ish year old man, I'm not okay. 30ish closer to 40 than 30. Whoa, no, no, oh
1: yeah. I'm like no. I
0: guess technically 35 and a half ish, more than 35 and a half.
1: Yeah, you're bad at math.
0: Yeah. October 30th be rolling around. Yeah, I guess I will be in the downside to four. Oh no, we're not going there. What is it?
1: July. So yeah, less than four months.
0: Yeah, fun times. But no, I'm not a lake guy. Uh, but I hope you have a lot of fun. It's not my thing. I, will. I hope you enjoy. It. I get eaten alive. The bugs, in the I just it doesn't do much for there's, me. There's, and there's like no, where I go to the lake. I don't know. I'm sure there's lakes where they have good Wi-Fi signals out there. I got nothing. Oh my god! Whenever I go to anyone's lake house, or I go to any lake anywhere, this is just like you're in the. I mean, and I don't want to say boondocks because I I grew up like in Georgia. I'm, I'm I'm a. I guess you. I'm not a country boy. You can call me a country boy, would you? No. I grew up in the suburbs, so I can't really be a country boy. But George, like the a south, boy okay, would be
1: someone who my like goes my hunting my and family fishing.
0: is from When's the, the last... country. My family is from the country, right? But you... so I spent like my summers on like farms in the country as a kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't live on it as a rule. But I, I don't spent know time that you're things. part
1: of your family because you're like the black well, I mean, sheep of your family. I gotta family? be part.
0: I'm not. That doesn't even make sense. How are you not part of your family? Well, I mean,
1: but you're you're the black sheep of your family.
0: I mean, that's probably true.
1: When's the last, a country boy would probably be able to I don't know tell the last time they went hunting or fishing I get or I didn't know. Well, no, okay, fixed, hunting.
0: Here's the, I actually don't mind hunting. I don't mind hunting. The thing that I don't like about hunting is that hunting season during football season. I'm not going hunting during football season. Are you kidding me? That's not ha- there's well, no okay. way you're getting me in the deer stand while a Georgia game is going on or any other game is going but on. Not happening. A
1: country boy could probably also name the last time they fixed something.
0: Oh, I—I fixed my. Bl- oh, I fixed the blinds the other day, outside. He's,
1: he's, he's beaming with pride All about right. fixing blinds. You know what?
0: It took a minute. It was tough. Had took some old fashioned ingenuity.
1: Did you have to YouTube it?
0: I actually did not. I'm just a genius. Oh, Okay. Naturally, um, fix something outside. What do you fix outside? You got like, cut grass and plant flowers outside. You don't fix you, things. But
1: you don't even cut the grass.
0: Well, that's because my wife's a control freak and like loves being outside and loves her yard. I'm just well, I would it screw always it up. Looks nice. If I got to do it more, no, it's like anything more practice, it's like anything more practice, you get better at it. I'm just not like the first like as soon as we got married, the first time I cut the grass, she was like, "What did you do to the yard?" And yes, I scalped it. I didn't really exactly know what was going on. I just screwed. We had a rotting lawnmower, and I never used a right lawnmower, and I killed. Yeah, it sucked. Um, but yeah, I haven't been able, been allowed to. Well.
1: Cut there must grass. be a reason.
0: I'm okay with that. It always looks honest. nice. To be honest, I don't even know what we're talking about here. We gotta get to football. We got a lot of stuff going on today. So, um, do you mind if we can get to football? Is that okay with yes. you? Yes. All right. Uh, today on the show, we are diving back into the listener mailbag to answer all of your pressing Georgia athletics and Georgia adjacent questions. We actually had a few scheme related questions that were sent in at the last second before our final scheme scheme theme episode of the summer that we just missed, I just missed them, it's my fault. Um, we wanna get those on the show today, wanna to make sure we get to everyone's questions. But we also have quite a few other topics to discuss as well. So Charlie, where are we kicking things off today? Where are we starting? Right. With?
1: Well, I know you like to start with big picture questions I do. that lead you on rants. We're well, not rants, well, you're talking to yourself really for it's,
0: it's nice to have a good lead a while. in. It's nice to have a good lead in.
1: So I have a good question for you to start with. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, this question comes from Barrett. He says he was listening to Andy Staples, and, who made the case for Georgia as the best coaching job in all of college football. Hmm. So he wants to believe this is true, but he's not so sure. So, what's your take on that opinion?
0: Best college football coaching job in America. I actually heard Andy Staples say this. And who
1: went to Florida, right? Yeah, he
0: was a Florida guy. Mm. He's a Florida guy. He's actually like, it's, it sucks because I think he's like. I don't have a ton of respect for most national media or most national college football media pundits out there, but I think Andy Staples does a really good job, and I hate that I think that he does a really good job because he is a Florida guy. So yeah, I kind of hate myself for that, but I think he does a really good job. I did. I do remember him talking about that, and this is, I guess this is a popular off-season topic. Actually, I uh, appreciate the question, Barry. In this question, I think around the time that Andy Staples brought this, I think it was back in March or April and I was just holding it because uh, when I see questions that I think can be like a really good big picture question to open a show with, we try to, I, we make a separate list of those and we kind of just use those each, uh, you know, one each week and, you know, just kind of go down the list like that. So it's been a couple months. and I apologize for the delay in getting this question, buried, but it was such a great question that we wanted to hold it and kind of focus on it a little bit more. But it's, it's a really good question. And, you, and this is a popular off, offseason topic. People talk about this when there's not much actual football going on. But I don't think we've ever had a chance to really address it on this show. Georgia as potentially the best college football coaching job in the country. Like Charlie, just like when you think that, like when you hear best coaching job in the country, like what schools come to mind first for you? When
1: you for best jobs in the country,
0: best jobs in the country. If you're a head coach, if, if Charlie is getting into the head coaching business, and you're thinking, okay, I everyone loves me, everyone wants me, I can have any job in the country that I want. Where are you going? What are your What are your top few schools?
1: I mean, if it was actually me, I would not want that much responsibility. But, but professionally speaking, thinking professionally, you want I mean, you want to
0: reach the pinnacle. What schools can you go well, to to reach top, the pinnacle?
1: Well, the top schools that are always in the playoffs: hmm. Alabama, hmm. Clemson.
0: Oh, Clemson! I don't know if I'd put Clemson up there.
1: Well, I mean, it's. I, I'm saying it's an interesting from. One.
0: Definitely it's Alabama. The success yeah, and level. that makes sense. That makes sense. I think
1: a lot of people would think they are
0: a, a new blood. As I'm going to steal that from Tate Frazier, who's a college basketball podcast. Who's this, it's an awesome college basketball podcast. But I uh, mean,
1: I do think Georgia is high up there. I think a lot of people would say Clemson, mm-hmm. Ohio State, Ohio State would
0: definitely be up Notre there,
1: Notre Dame. Oh, I, I no Oklahoma way, no, no
0: way, Notre Dame, Oklahoma no, State, Oklahoma, State. Oka- Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. Sorry. See, I would disagree on Oklahoma. I disagree on Notre Dame. Traditionally, oh. they're all they they win a lot, but those are harder jobs to win at because of, of recruiting. I don't well, say restrictions, but limitations. There. Exactly, that's a part of recruiting. I mean, it's hard to recruit people to the Northeast States. Well,
1: I know. I'm just saying these are big I, programs yeah. that have been successful yeah, in for the sure. recent past. Yeah, yeah, and Texas. I, oh, will they ever you be back? Pay me to live will there? they ever? No. Really? I, yeah. Well, it's in Austin. Take that back, right?
0: Yeah, I'm mean, Austin's a great. I mean, I mean it's it's, a, it's changed eh, a lot over the years. I don't
1: know. I wouldn't want to live there. I don't think that that it, Why? it's like. I don't. know. I just. it Seems like it'd be really hot.
0: I mean, it gets hot. It gets hot anywhere in the South.
1: I don't know. Texas is just. It's so a massive. different level of heat, sure. And it's just.
0: But you don't. It, who cares if it's massive? You're not gonna live all not over the near state. Any other
1: teams like who they play, like, eh. Well, I mean, I there's won- like
0: three other teams in your state that are in your conference.
1: Right. But it's but also you're talking like about West Virginia, you get right, to the West Virginia, exactly.
0: Iowa, sure. Iowa State. Yeah. Got it. All right. Fair enough. All right. I was just curious. Let me get your take on that. I like that. Um, all right. So I think in answering this question for me, like, I think you have to determine what makes a coaching job, a quote unquote, good job. I, for me, there's in the, I'm sure I'm missing something here, but when I think about what makes a job a good job, there's really like three factors I'm looking at here. Number one, I put this at the top of my list. I've told you guys plenty of times, winning at a high level in college football, I think it comes down to a couple things. Talent procurement, you got to go, be able to go, go out and get the talent. Talent development, you got to then develop that talent once you get it on your roster and get it on campus. And then talent deployment, you have to go scheme it up and deploy those players in the best way possible to maximize their skill sets, right? I think it's those three things. But of those three things, I think talent procurement, all right? getting access to the players, that is the most important because none of the other stuff matters if you don't have players that are good enough. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good you are developing talent, developing players. If you're starting from a lower level, you're just not consistently going to win at a high level. You got to have the talent, right? So I think access to players and to kind of go along with that, I think in-state competition has to factor into access to players because like if you're in, like you mentioned Texas, Charlie, So why I don't know if I would put Texas up there. A lot of people would put Texas up there, but I think there's four other Power 5 schools in the state of Texas. that and I know it's a big state, like 30 million people, but there's four other Power 5 schools in your state you got to deal with plus Oklahoma, and everyone wants to come into Texas in, in that area. Arkansas wants to dip into Texas. Louisiana wants to dip in Texas. Bama goes into Texas. We go into Texas. All these schools want to go into Texas. So it, it, it's tougher there, but I think in-state competition, access to players, that's number one for me. Then I, w- I would just kind of classify this as it's what I call, are you a big time program? And what goes into big time program, conference affiliation, uh, financial resources of your, of your athletic department, the facilities that you have to work with institutional commitment, how committed is your program institutionally to actually giving you what you need to consistently win at a high level. Fan base is going to factor in here. Absolutely. In a lot of different ways, your fan base factors. First off, is your fan base rapid enough? Second off, is your fan base patient enough? Are they going to demand that you win like in two years? And if not, you're gone? Are you going to be like Auburn where Gus Malzahn? Actually, I'm going to go back to Gene Chizik. Gene Chizik wins you a national championship, and then a couple years later, two years later, as a losing season, he's gone. He's out the door. Poof, gone, out. I mean, I think you got to think about those things as well. And then, of course, tradition. like Just going back as your program, tradition, rich, all that kind of thing. And then the third thing for me would be the school in the town, like the value of the degree, perception of your university as a whole, and like the surrounding town, right? So those are the three things to me. So let's look at Georgia when it comes to these three categories that I've kind of laid out here. Access to players, I think we are as well positioned, if not better positioned than pretty much any other program out there in America. And let me explain that. As demographics have changed, so has college football. Why has the SEC been able to dominate for so many years? Well, a big part of that, yes, I will admit, is fans just care more. It's a way of life down here. The fans are just far more into it. They're more invested, and they spend more of their money, which means those programs have more money. And they also are more demanding. If, if a coach isn't winning, if things aren't going well, they demand things to change. And so it, I think that's a huge part of it absolutely. But also a big part of why the SEC is dominated is because of the population growth in the Southeast. There are simply more players here now than there have been back in like the 1950s or so. And again, it's also kind of just a way of life down here. And listen to this. I don't know if, I mean, I know you guys probably realize that Georgia is one of the top talent producing states from a, from a football standpoint anywhere in America. Forever the perception was it was California, Texas, and Florida. Those are the big three. And then that was it. And everyone was like kind of a, a distant fourth, fifth, sixth, or whatever but Georgia has risen up guys and we are not just like on the periphery of those program of those states that produce the most talent we are right there with them outside of Texas which has 3 times as many people as Georgia our state the great state of Georgia has produced more top 100 recruits from 2017 from 2017 to 2021 than any other state in America only Texas who has three times as many people as our state, has produced more top 100 recruits over the last four seasons. So Texas has come in with 72 top 100 players over uh, that span of time, from 2017 to 2021. We were actually tied with Florida, who has two times as many people as we do, uh, at 63 top 100 players. California at 61. We've surpassed California now, guys, over the last four years. We have surpassed California as a football-producing state. Uh, Alabama, Louisiana, Maryland come in next, tied at 20. So it's a massive drop-off in the top four. You have from Texas with 72, Georgia, Florida, 63, Cali, 61, top 100 players. Then Bama, Louisiana, Maryland up next with only 20. You go North Carolina, 14, Pennsylvania, 13, Ohio, and Virginia tied at 12. Literally no other state has per capita more access to as many high quality players as we do here at the University of Georgia. And here's the other part as I mentioned earlier. We have essentially no viable in state competition for those players. By virtue of the fact that Georgia Tech is such a beautifully disastrous joke of a program that no one takes seriously. So, like not even their own fans take that program seriously. So, we kind of like we're sitting in this recruiting hotbed with all this talent, and we've got no in-state competition that can really compete with us. Yeah, I mean, Tech basically takes the guys that we don't even really talk to. that That's essentially what happens. And sure, Alabama wants to come into Georgia. Everyone wants to come into Georgia and the Southeast, of course. But we are still the home state school. We have that draw. And that's something that they can never sell. So, I mean, you're talking about access to players. Look at what just what I just laid out there. Honestly, I think you can make the argument that Georgia is better positioned to get the top players in the country than any other program in America. So check mark there. Next up, so a big time program. All right, we're in the SEC, best program, best conference in the country, clearly, right? We are in as good a shape as anyone financially, top five revenue producing um, athlete department in the country, which will actually go through the roof if we ever win a national championship, which better happen sometime soon. I, I just might, I don't know if I can handle it, man, but it's absolutely going to go through the roof if we ever win a natty. And then for football, I'll say for football, because, Charlie, I know I'm, I'm about to talk, about, talk to you talk about facilities, and you're going to really get angry here. I'm sure you're going to bring up tennis and indoor facilities, which I hear is coming, actually, by the way. But we're talking about football facilities, okay? Football facilities. So as far as football facilities go, we are at or near the top of the country with a clear commitment. What are you doing over here?
1: Sorry. I, was looking... I don't even know if
0: you guys can pick that up. Are you, are you, like, scrolling through Twitter?
1: I was looking at something for NIL.
0: Oh, you're looking at NIL. And okay, I accidentally right.
1: clicked on a video that I didn't mean to. I have uh-huh. no idea what it is.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are, is, did, okay, you are. You are looking at NIL stuff. Okay. All right. I thought you were just over here, like, scrolling through social media. Yeah, I, mean,
1: I do that sometimes.
0: <sighs> I mean, yeah. Okay. We're still
1: on the first question.
0: We are starting with this question. This is a
1: big-picture question. You said yourself,
0: big-picture question.
1: I know, but it's also been like 10 minutes. Oh, my
0: God. All right, you know what? Let me do my thing. Keep
1: going about your facilities.
0: All right, I ain't talking about All facilities right. here. I'm talking about facilities. All right, so we're at the top of the country, or very near the top of the country. I mean, a lot of these top programs have very similar type of facilities, but we have a clear commitment athletically to spending whatever the head coach wants. And then on top of that, the donors will happily pony up for that indoor practice facility that took so long to build. Yeah. University basically paid nothing for that. It was fully funded by donors. I mean, come on guys. We have, we have those financial resources. We also have a rabid fan base that is also, um, I think at the same time rabid, yes, but generally more patient and less cutthroat than some others. And maybe that's been to our detriment at times. Maybe we've been a little too patient with previous head coaches and athletic directors and regimes and you know, all that. I think you make that argument, but our, our fan base is, is right up there in my opinion. Uh, we have a long-storied football tradition. I wish we had more national titles. Of course, we all do, but that doesn't mean that we don't have a strong football tradition in a state and in a, and in a region where college football is the undisputed king. So I give us another check mark there. I'm not going to say we're the the biggest time program in the country, but we're right up there. And then school and in, in town is the third factor. Uh, our school has rapidly moved up the public school rankings. I mean, don't look now, guys. We're top 15 nationally. When it comes to public school rankings As universities We've been named a public Ivy League school And in terms of college town I mean Charlie's hands down a no brainer right Is Athens the best college town I mean I know we live here so we're biased But let's just try to be objective here for a second Is it the best college town that you've ever been to Is there anywhere you've been that surpassed Athens No I mean what's come close Um, I really like Columbia, Missouri but it's not Athens No way Uh, People would say Nashville but Nashville is not a true college town That's just no
1: too big for me. I mm, no. I, mean, I don't really like Tuscaloosa.
0: No way. Baton no. Rouge. No. no way. Knoxville. Are you kidding me? Uh, Columbia, South Carolina, isn't as bad as people make it out to be. But no, not close. Uh, let me think. Where else? Oxford. Oh, your favorite, Oxford, Mississippi. Everyone loves Oxford. I know that's clearly near and dear to your heart.
1: No. Why?
0: Do, why? You are very anti-Oxford, Mississippi. Just,
1: well, it takes a long time to get there. And there's
0: literally nothing on the way. Like trying to stop for gas. Like okay, we got 50 more miles. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a town square. It's a square. It's it's Mayberry.
1: It's a square block.
0: It's a yeah. It's a square. That's literally all it is. There's like very little hotel accommodation. It's just yeah. It's tough, but it's it's a fun place. But no, Oxford as much pub as it gets. Not it's not even the same stratosphere as Athens. Starkville, no. I mean Auburn. Good God, no. Clemson, not even close. I mean, Clemson, Jesus Christ. I don't know how how anyone could possibly go to school there. It's just, there's nothing there. So, I mean, Athens is, and I haven't been to every college town in America. There's some that I'd love to go to. I'd love to go to Madison, Wisconsin, um, places like that that I haven't had a chance to go to, but as far as what I've seen, at least in the Southeast, I've seen a lot of them in the Southeast. I think it's the best true college town in America. Obviously, I love it so much that I live here. Uh, And it also really caters to the college student community. And if you're a college student, like if you're JT Daniels, we see all these pictures of JT Daniels. Have you seen these on social media, Charlie?
1: Who wears a turtleneck in the summer? It is hot.
0: It wasn't just a turtleneck. It was a turtleneck and a jacket with jeans and like boots. And it's like, dude, it's like 85, 90 degrees. But – it's it's the swag. Like if you're trying, because well, you know he's trying to get ladies, obviously, right? He's trying to go out there and get the girls, and I guess that's what does it. Absolutely. I couldn't even begin to pull that off, though. Like even if I could get over the heat, like, no, can no, you imagine me not. just like walking, opening, like walking out the door? What's up, guys? Are you kidding me? Yeah, no. Like everyone would start like rolling the floor, laughing at me. Yes, everyone. Yes, <laughs> it's it's the lack of hair, right?
1: No, it's the idea of a turtleneck.
0: But how can a guy like JT pull it off? Because he's young and
1: I mean, I don't get the think, swag. I don't. I don't really like.
0: Is it the mustache thing? N- oh, <laughs>
1: no, thank you. No, thank you. But
0: for a guy like JT Daniels, uh, yeah, you're gonna do. You you're gonna do well for yourself here in Athens. It's it's the best town in the country. Best college town in the country. Uh, so yeah, look, I I'm gonna agree with Andy Staples here. All right and I know Georgia podcasts people want to call me a homer that's fine and if you want to make an argument for other programs Alabama sure it's hard to argue against Alabama because they have been so successful they have such incredible tradition it's really hard to argue against them but i think there are important areas that that a coach would look at when trying to decide what job does he want that we are superior to Alabama i mean think look at Alabama so we have edge. We I think we have the edge and access to players. Alabama doesn't produce anywhere like that. In state, they don't produce anywhere close to the level of player that we produce it, here in the state of Georgia. And sure, with under Saban, they've been. They, they're a national program. They go out and recruit whatever state they want and get players from all over the country. They go out to, Calif- to California. They go out to Hawaii and get players. Yeah, we know that's true. But is that a, a Bama thing or is that a Saban thing? I think it's more of a Saban thing, and maybe that'll carry over after sabin has gone. But what we'll to see who follows them up there? I mean, Bama's always be able to recruit well because they do have that tradition, they have the fan base, they have all that, they have all the national titles. We know that. But in terms of access to players, I think we've got that. Plus, you know, Auburn is more legit competition for players than Tech is. You've got the in-state competition there. Um, I think I would. I mean, you have to give them the edge in terms of being a big-time program uh, and all the factors we laid out. I, th- I mean, we have the clear edge and school. Like their school, you were like you mentioned this the other. Well, month. I was going to say the other day. It wasn't the other day. I think it was when we played Alabama back in October.
2: So and you No, I know. It just, it
0: just came to my mind here. Because I, I always assumed that Alabama as the state school was ranked higher as a university than Auburn was. But you told me oh, back Oh, yeah. Then,
1: Auburn's the better rank. Higher
0: rank. Higher rank. Like whatever those rankings actually mean. But it's, a, it's actually ranked higher than the University of Alabama. I had no idea that was the case. So if Auburn is ranked ahead of you as a, as a public school, you're just not even close to Georgia. You're just not even close. And I mean, Tuscaloosa is fine. It's not a terrible college town, but it's just not Athens. So I, I, and that matters, guys, because you gotta sell that to recruits. It's good to have access to players, but you have to have something to sell them. And Athens is a major selling point. Why do you think we do such a great job once we get these players on campus? Well, number one, we have a great recruiting infrastructure. We have all these facilities to show off. Kirby Smart's awesome in person. We have a great recruiting staff. But you know what they also show them? Athens. Let these guys go out with their host players and they have a heck of a time because Athens is awesome. That's a selling point. Absolutely. It is. And so is the university. That's why I included on that list. So, I mean, you can make an argument for Bama. Sure. But I mean, honestly, objectively, I think George is a better job. And I mean, maybe Saban has elevated it Just and it doesn't matter where it's located or what kind of school it is because it's just Alabama. But after Saban, I don't know. I don't know. I'm interested to see how that goes. Florida would be another one people would argue. I think there's about equal access to players, but again, we have far less competition for those players in Florida. It's they got to deal with Miami, they got to deal with Florida State when they're up. Uh, and look, in terms of being a big time program, don't even get me started on this. Yeah, I know they've won some national titles. Give them some credit. They've won some titles more recently than we have, sure. But they can't even sell out their stadium more than half the time. Their fan base is nowhere near the Georgia fan base. It's just not. Just simply not. They don't support their program like we do ours. Uh, it's, it's Now, Florida, as a school, top 10 school. They're they're the highest-ranked public school in the SEC. It's a really good school. Got to give them credit there. But Gainesville's just not Athens. So give me give me Georgia over Florida. a and an interesting one also. Uh, major access to players in Texas, but again, more competition. Like I said earlier, four of their Power 5 pl- programs in that state, plus Oklahoma is always coming in there. I think we're pretty close to them in big-time program, but we have more of a tradition of winning. And, and I think nationally, the perception is, I mean, I know last year they were like in the top five. But the perception is Georgia's been better for a longer period of time. And and A&M is kind of second fiddle in their own state. I know they've won maybe a little bit more than Texas recently, but Texas still is king in that state. So it's hard to say you're the best job in the country when you're not even maybe the best job in your own state. And College Station is nowhere near the College town that Athens is. Then you got their own you mentioned Ohio State's obviously a good one. USC is an interesting one because it's out in California the, and the NIL might change this a little bit because you're going to you're seeing USC recruit really well right now. I think NIL might have something to do with that because they can sell the whole Hollywood thing and marketing opportunities agents well, out there. They'll
1: have money to live there. Oh my gosh.
0: That's the thing too. So it's so like
1: expensive.
0: Insanely expensive. But do you think NIL might encourage more players to go out to California like the USC, UCLA? You it get access to Hollywood. That's one of the reasons LeBron James, who not a fan of, but he went back. He went to the Lakers. Yeah, sure to win, but also because he wanted to set himself up for life after the NBA. Now he's got Space Jam coming out, get involved in movies, things like that. So yeah,
1: that original movie was awful. Space,
0: don't don't blaspheme like that. The original Space Jam was incredible. It
1: was awful. But I hate cartoons. So
0: yeah, I mean, I know that you're not a cartoon person, but that movie for a child was incredible.
1: I was a child when I watched Now, the
0: second – have you seen the trailer for the new one?
1: Yes. It looks, that looks works. like
0: garbage. Yeah. It looks like straight, utter garbage. No, I could be wrong there. It looks terrible. It's – yeah. But don't don't blaspheme on Space Jam here. No. No way. Um, all right. So Ohio State. USC, I think, it's a good job, but there's just – the support there is just not there. You're the Pac-12. They don't support their programs. They just don't. When, you, when USC is good, then they support you. But there's so much going on out there, they just – you're on the periphery unless like you're competing for national titles and that hasn't happened for a long time so you know what call me homer i can take it whatever give me georgia sure let's honestly i mean objectively yes i think you can argue that georgia is the best coaching job in america yes are you done now I mean, yeah, sure. Let's go. It's been like
1: 20 minutes. You know what? I, I think timed I,
0: it. I think that was a very thorough answer. Yes. We had we right. had a listener that said that you are a buzzkill on this show because you you don't let me. You get down when I like you give me crap when I'm actually like, getting excited about things. You're bringing it down. No,
1: I just I get I'm distracted easily, so my attention mm-hmm. kind of wanders. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so mm-hmm. on to the next. I thought that was question. a very
0: thorough answer. It was. Whether or not people no, agree it's or disagree. Always
2: thorough. No, it's always thorough.
0: That's what we do on this show. We're thorough. Uh,
2: choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lipson Ads. Go to LipsonAds.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. Well, we're moving on to the next hot hot topic of this week, um, which is the new
1: name, image, and likeness rules that took effect today, which is July 1st. And for those of you that missed it, there were six states: Alabama, Florida, Mississippi. I almost said Mississippi State.
0: But well, the state of Mississippi.
1: I know, but because of the the Mississippi World State series, just won a national I title. Been seeing their first
0: state. national title in school history. Yeah, can awesome. you believe that?
1: Awesome. How, I mean,
0: awesome, but like, good for them.
1: <clears throat> but also I, sad. Also,
0: like the first ever.
1: Okay. Well, sorry, Mississippi, yeah. Texas, New Mexico, and of course Georgia have passed NIL laws that were set to take effect in July, but the NCAA has now passed a temporary NIL policy of its own. So our next two questions deal with NIL. And I just saw on Twitter while I was, because I was looking up name, image, and likeness stuff, and somebody tweeted that the United Oh yeah, States when you interrupted Post- me? The United States Postal Service should um, sponsor or- Stetson. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was- Absolutely,
0: last year when he was rolling. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they were, I think, like, Barstool, I think, had a Stetson been in, like, mailman Theo. I think and then the I 7-6 did.
1: something else. So, what, Bo Nix got a sponsorship from uh, Who would Milos give or Milo, N- Milo tea, a tea. Milo's tea, yeah. And so, somebody responded that all the Alabama, it was a video, all the Alabama fans grabbing the sweet tea from their refrigerators and pouring it out. <laughs> And then like, who would give, like telling who people to switch garbage. to another brand. Garbage I, I had never heard of that because I don't drink sweet I've tea. I've never heard of that. I know people think I'm crazy. I've lived in the South my whole life I'm and I don't sweet. like it. Well, I think
0: sweet tea tastes good. It's just got so much sugar and I I have a very guilty conscience once I drink it. I'm, I am sick in the head, so I just can't drink that.
1: Well, my mother was certainly not allowing that to be can't in our do house it. growing up. I don't even think we had Coke and I definitely wasn't allowed to drink mm-hmm. it. Especially see- if it was like four o'clock or later in the <sighs> afternoon
0: that's sad as a yeah. child she kind Kendall Milton stuff she
1: bought um, oh sorry so this is just funny only person I've ever known that buys caffeine free diet coke huh yeah did you know there was such a thing I don't think it exists I mean- anymore but why would you even buy it? I
0: don't even really drink sodas, but I mean, I knew there was Diet Coke. I Sorry. didn't know there was caffeine-free Anyways. Diet Coke. Did you see Kendall Milton's
1: Yes, I did. nice. Uh, the, the did you buy
0: that? Would you ever buy something like that? That just says like a player's no. logo on it?
1: The logo confuses me. I mean, there's a lot going K-M2, on. KM2, Kendall I mean, Milton 2. No, I know, but I have to like focus on it because-
0: Oh, I saw, I saw it clear.
1: I'm, well, I don't know.
0: It's kind of like the Kentucky logo- the new oh, Kentucky logo. Oh,
1: gosh, yeah. Uh, if
0: you guys know what I'm talking like uh, go look at the new Kentucky logo. It's supposed to be the Wildcat face. If you look at it close enough, it looks like two birds kind of going at it, guys. And that's all I can see. I don't see the Wildcat anymore. All I see is the two birds going at it. That's all I see.
1: Okay. Look on. at
0: it. Look it up. Look so, it up. So, first
1: question comes from Trey. He says, if the NCAA has waived the rules relating to NIL, does this action take precedent over the Georgia law and, in effect, void it as unnecessary?
0: It's a good question. Uh, no, it does not. As far as I know, I'm not an expert on NIL, I don't want to act like I am. But my understanding is no. Uh, it's basically for the programs, like this temporary thing. And I don't even know what that even is. Temporary policy that the NCAA has put into place because they've been trying forever to get Congress to step in and do something to make a national law. So the NCAA is kind of absolved of responsibility here. But Congress is like, yeah, we'll get to it when we get to it. We don't want to deal. With it. There's other things going on right now that we want to deal I with. I think
1: there are more important things in the world than college football. About yeah the,
0: no you've lost your mind
1: oh gosh. you've lost your okay. mind get out of
0: here uh but so yeah yeah so it's a temporary policy i guess Why they're trying to figure out like nothing i mean how long have they ha- they knew this was coming how have you not had like a, just an actual policy why does it have to be temporary why is it temporary right now but whatever temporary policy is for the programs that are in states with no nil legislation coming up and i don't think all like you mentioned the six states i don't think all of them were supposed to go live today maybe they were i know georgia's was supposed to go live today i don't know if all of them are supposed to go live today um but basically i i got two this is this is from the policy so it's so what it says so for individuals uh individuals can engage in nil activities that are consistent with the law of the state where the school is located so if you're in georgia mississippi texas four of those states new mexico which is a weird one that uh pass nil legislation you can do whatever your state's legislation says you can do all right and the college universities are responsible for determining whether those activities are consistent with state law there you go now here's the, the the pertinent part to what you're asking trey it also goes on to say college athletes who attend a school in a state without an nil law can engage in this type of activity without violating NCAA rules related to name image and likeness really I'm so
1: confused
0: so what this what the, the whole reason is we had to pass a temporary policy here charlie is because having NIL, ha- allowing your players to profit off their name, image, and likeness in only six states is a massive recruiting advantage. So they've just opened up recruiting visits, right? So if you're a recruit, a top level recruit coming out of high school, and you can go to one of six states and make as much money, there's no cap on how much money you make. But the other, the other fifth the other forty four states. So they changed
1: their policy from you can't profit.
0: To yes. Okay,
1: because it doesn't yes. even seem like you need a policy.
0: Right. But the ba- basically is basically what they're saying is saying, hey, we don't care what state you're in. They're we, we won't, we won't suspend you. We so will take no action against the policy.
1: you. Well, okay. they're just saying we but won't take, a, we won't
0: take action against you.
1: Well, and that's well, I was looking at Twitter for that. Barstool is like picking up all of these athletes, so now they have
0: yep.
1: a cross country runner. Dave yep. Portnoy is just totally like, should. hey guys, if you're a college kid, tweet Dave Portnoy because he'll probably sign Absolutely. you as an athlete. They Absolutely. have a cross country runner, a baseball player, a lacrosse girl. I've a actually thought it like crew member. I'm gonna throw this
0: out there. I've thought I've considered it for us. Like we're so small that I don't think anyone would care. But like the idea, like would it be awesome if we get an athlete like? Get Meg Kowalski, your favorite, right? Meg, yeah. get like, or if I mean, because I don't Meg, know if we can afford football afford players. You. I don't know if that's the thing is like we don't make, we, Meg, can't we it. like we don't really, we don't really turn a profit here. We kind of this is a labor of love, right? Like we kind of just do this to to have some to just provide service for the Georgia fan base. That's pretty much what we do. So we don't really have the money to do that. But hey, if you're listening out there and you want like ten bucks and you're a Georgia athlete, like. We could hook you up and have you on the show. We'd love to do that. But yeah, it's let's
1: say your taxes will not be much. <laughs>
0: yeah, wouldn't be <are> much. We don't have <laughs> that kind of money. We're 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 not that big. We're not that, and that's cool. We're cool with that. Uh, but yeah, so I, I hope that answered your question, Trey. It, it, the so that I can go back to the question does this action take precedent over the Georgia law? It has nothing to do with the Georgia law because there's like two elements. They're saying, hey, if you're you're in a state that has passed legislation, you follow what your state says. But if you're in a state that has not passed NIL legislation, you can profit off your name, image, and likeness, and and the NCAA won't punish you for it.
1: All right. Thank you Mm -hmm. for that clarification. All right. Next NIL question comes from Sean, and he says, which Georgia player of the 21st century do you think would have made the most money off of his name, image, and likeness while in college?
0: Oh, man. Uh, the running backs come to mind. I'm thinking. Yeah, I would
1: say Nick, Sony, Gurley. Gurley.
0: Todd. I mean, Todd was already making money, guys. Yeah. <laughs> as we know, Todd was making that he cash. He's making
1: more than we Todd knew about. was
0: making that cash. Um, which, it, it, it does it not anger you right now looking back at Todd Gurley getting suspended, hey, ruining that season?
1: He can come back. And he should be able to come back and play. AJ Green. AJ
0: Green. Yeah. Right, going back a co- uh, many years now, God, geez, so long a decade now. I mean, it just no, it just angers me that that happened. All these guys are doing was just trying to make a little money for themselves, like uh, uh, making peanuts for themselves. And now these guys can go out and make. I mean, J T. Daniels. I've heard. I mean, I, we'll see what happens. I've heard rumors around Athens that he's going to strike a deal, a couple of deals that he might might be making up to like a half million dollars or so.
1: Hmm. According, to, get, Drew Butler is saying that Drew Butler's in the marketing. Ready?
0: Yeah. Well. Get
1: your account.
0: Eddie. Yeah, so we couldn't afford JT. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. I'm, I'm Maybe we can get him on here for 30
0: seconds. Hey, JT, can we just get you on here and like introduce us real quick? How much, that gonna, how much is that going to cost us? I'll
1: take the tennis
0: team first. Well, there's different seasons. We have a tennis season. We have a football season. We have a basketball season. Yeah. I don't know who – I mean, I don't know any of the players. In the, I mean, we know all the players, but no one that the fan base knows in the basketball team anymore because it's basically an entirely new roster. You can get Jack Snetter on here. Um, Stafford. Matthew Stafford. Okay, preseason number mm-hmm. one coming in 2008. Like if if there were if nil laws in effect, then Matthew Stafford would have made a killing. No Sean Moreno,
1: David Pollock.
0: Oh, Pollock would have made a ton of money back in the day. At, oh, he would have made a killing back in the day. Um, AJ Green I mentioned AJ would make a lot of money. Who else are we missing here? Um, I'm trying to think of guys because like personality is a big part of that, right? Like
1: well, and then I was this is a different take. I was thinking about um, like obviously they can get sponsorship deals or whatever. But then I was looking on Twitter, and it was a kicker who was like, "Yeah, now I can coach camp, or I can do private lessons. They they, they do this stuff like that, but they do it voluntarily, which is good. Just
0: appearance fees.
1: Well, no, but this is good for athletes who have a specific skill. They may not be able to market themselves with a car dealership or a clothing company, but they can go and say." hey, pay me $50 for a private lesson.
0: Absolutely. Now these
1: kids can make some money.
0: Appearance fees as well. I mean, all that kind of stuff. There's so many avenues open to them, which, and I, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm very happy for them to be able to do this. Uh, no grudges at all. No, some people are like, I, I, I was talking to somebody, and it's like, oh, I'm just going to ruin the sport. And I'm like, I mean, but it's not. But, it the, but like, the people are also
1: the ability to go make money if mm-hmm. they need to make money. Mm-hmm. And they can use the skill that they
0: you, you and, and some of these guys can get like local deals not everyone's been making like $100,000 some of these guys can get a little local deals with local companies and be making you know some spending money and that's and, and there is kind of this misconception that college athletes don't have any money that's crazy they they get cost of attendance stipends they they, they make money guys and get Pell Grant they've been making money they just have access now to more money which I think is good I'm for sure them I'm sure
1: they have more money than what we had in college I mean I worked like spending money
0: I worked 30-40 to 40 hours a week at Athens First Bank and Trust baby <laughs> That's what I did.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: I wanted to walk on at Georgia, but I, I mean, I had to work. I had to, I had to take my way through that, you know. I mean, I, I wanted to trust. I want you to try to walk on at Georgia. I don't know if I, I would have been a successful endeavor, but I wanted. You were to. a
1: lot bigger than
0: I was. Bigger than I was. Bigger. Uh, but like when. All right, we got to pick one. We named a bunch of guys. We got to pick one of these. One of these guys to answer the question.
1: Probably Pollock or Stafford. No, I don't know. Um, I go with the running backs. All
0: right. So like, what? What is a company look for? I mean, you have to play, you have to play a prominent position, right? Usually, quarterback, running back, something like that. Where you can put up numbers. You gotta be really good, obviously. Put up those numbers. You gotta be. I think you gotta be known if you wanna make big money. You gotta be known nationally, outside the state.
1: Right. I think you could put those names in a hat and draw one. And I so think people. I think bet. people around the country
0: mm-hmm. knew Pollock. They knew. They knew Stafford. They knew who Nick Chubb was and who Todd Gurley was. Uh, I think you have to know those. And then fan base support. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Nick Chubb. I mean, that's
1: who I would.
0: Here and this is and I love and Nick Chubb's my favorite Georgia player of all time. So maybe again I'm biased here. And look, Nick Chubb does and maybe maybe Gurley, maybe Gurley. I, I I think Gurley because he had more charisma than Nick, but Nick had his like own unique kind of charisma, I guess. Uh
1: Nick, uh, yeah. See, I love Nick Chubb I, 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 he is quiet. I love
0: exactly. I I I'm an introverted person, so is Nick Chubb, but I think Nick Chubb was the most beloved player. He's probably
1: player. happy that NIL didn't exist because he'd be like, I don't want to have to, like...
0: Oh, he wouldn't He wanna make some
1: cash. Right, but I don't know that... He wouldn't have enjoyed... I don't know that he would have enjoyed... Uh,
0: sure, as much as Todd, who's yeah. more extroverted, yeah. I just think Nick Chubb... I mean, am I, I, am I crazy? I think Nick Chubb might be the most beloved Georgia player of the 21st century, if that's the question. I mean, I know we've had a lot of players that we love. I mean, Pollock was very beloved, but more than Nick Chubb, like the the mythology behind Nick Chubb coming back from the injury. all that. I don't know, man. So I, I would go Chubb or Gurley. I'm going to go with Nick because I just think he, like coming back, he, I think how much money he would have made coming back that senior year, right? Coming back for one more year. And the, Nick, when he came back for, for his senior oh, year. Oh, yeah,
1: sorry. I spaced out there for a Yeah,
0: minute. of course you did. <laughs> Uh, so, I, I think I, I would go with Nick Chucker. Stafford would be a really good answer going, going into 2008. But I don't know if Stafford was, as much as we love Stafford, I don't know if he was ever beloved like Nick Chubb was. But maybe Gurley might be a good answer, too. But I'm going to go with Nick. I'll stick with Nick. I'll stick with Nick. Final right.
2: answer? Final answer Nick Chubb. Okay. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right. So, our last three questions are leftovers from our scheme theme series. And the first
1: one comes from our good friend and listener, Cliff. He says, defensively, he's most excited to see Tykee Smith this year because his versatility could pay big dividends to make the UGA defense more well-rounded. Mm-hmm. says, Tykee Smith has an unmatched skill set along with his experience playing for Jamil.
0: Jamil, good.
1: A... A day, close, a very close. A, a die, a die, got on okay. the second try. This is my. Um, and how
0: are you saying
1: phonetic? How are you saying the, the player's
0: first name? Say it again.
1: Taike. Say it again. Taiki?
0: It is Taiki. You're just like Taiki?
1: Oh well, I see the double e. So I, I mean, maybe it's Taiki, <laughs> but <laughs> I
0: think just Taike's would suffice. Leave me alone. I think that was suffice. What are your
1: thoughts on his underrated impact?
0: Yeah, I think you're on to something here, Cliff. I think you're nailing this, man. I think Tyke Smith, I mean, everyone's excited about Darion Kendrick, as we should be, because that really shores up a major position of need, having a lot of uncertainty there, and just the idea of going into a game week one against a top program like Clemson with two essentially untested cornerbacks that played basically no meaningful snaps. That's scary. But I think Tyke Smith might be the bigger addition. Uh, And he's been better. He's put up better numbers throughout his career than Darion Kendrick has. I mean, just listen to some of these numbers, guys. So so according to Pro Football Focus, Tykey Smith or Tyke Smith uh, has put up the third best slot coverage grade over the last two years, the best coverage grade of any slot defenders last year was the sixth highest rated DB in the country last year. Last season at West Virginia, he was targeted 38 times in coverage, allowed just 110 total yards. You guys know math ain't my thing. I can do that math. That comes up to 2.89 yards per attempt allowed. He did not give up even one play of 15 or more yards. Think about how many completions we gave up from from that nickelback, that star position the past couple years, guys. I don't want to say it's been a position of weakness because I don't know if we've been weak there. We just haven't been great there. All right. Mark Webb was more than serviceable, a good player, there, especially in run support, fantastic run support player, fantastic blitzer off the edge. Did a lot of things that, that we asked him to do from that position, but coverage wasn't his forte. Ty- Tyree Stevenson has all the talent in the world, man, but he was not, he was average at best last year. And I'm not, that's not sour grapes since he's gone to Miami. I, I was saying that all last year. He wasn't good enough last year. He did not live up to the billing last year. Now, maybe that changes this year for him. So I think it's maybe not a position of weakness, but it hasn't been a position of strength like we need it to be. And I think that Tyke Smith can change that. And I did one of the scheme theme episodes earlier in the offseason. I think it was maybe our second scheme theme episode where I focused exclusively on the star position and why that position has become so important and so critical in modern defensive college football and just modern football in general. So I think that it's a major upgrade at the star position, which has become a critical position in the sport and not enough people are talking about what Tyke Smith can bring for this team. Now he's a little undersized. I, I want to see him improve his run support. He's 5'10", 198. Really, he's not all that much smaller than Tyreek Stevenson. Tyreek was about six foot, so maybe he had two inches on him, but they're about the same weight. But he just missed too many tackles for my liking last year. His missed tackle rate was a little too high for me, 18.3%, which was 205th nationally among Stevenson backs. That's not good enough. That's got to improve, especially with how much that star position player has got to insert as a run support defender in our defense. But that's a fundamental thing that can be improved. It needs to improve, but it can be improved. It's not necessarily a talent thing. He can and he's a willing tackler. He is willing to stick his nose in there. He's just got to get better at it. So but, but he's been fantastic in coverage. He's been fantastic in coverage throughout his career, which is very different from the guys that we have had the past couple of years who have been better in run support and average-ish against, uh, against the pass. So yeah, I think that's, uh, you're, that's a great point, Cliff. You're right on it, man. I think he's a massive addition and may prove to be even more of a, a of a bigger addition than Darian Kendrick. Although Kendrick, I mean, getting him, that certainly is, is a relief to have someone with his experience there at cornerback and not to have two guys that basically played no snaps having to start the season against Clemson.
1: I know you went into a lot of detail on why you're excited about the Eric Gilbert transfer. I did. You did what? Two full episodes on it? Two
0: full episodes. About okay. two hours or so in right. total. Yeah. All
1: right. But Darren wants to hear more. Let's do so it. So he asked... Um, let's see. He still wants to hear more about him playing the X receiver position. So does he have the speed and route running ability to get open downfield? Or do we really just need him to win jump balls with his size?
0: Yeah, this is a good question. I'm happy to go more in in detail with this, Darren. Um, So, talking about whether Eric Gilbert can play the X position, and and we talked about this in one of our Scheme Team episodes, the X position, that's typically where you put your number one alpha wide receiver. And that's where Eric Gilbert wants to play. That's what we sold him on playing. It's one of the reasons we were able to get him to come to Athens when it was all said and done with his final decision. But it's an interesting fit. And I... I'm curious to see how he translates to that position. So, one the, what you asked there, Darren, is does he have the speed and route running ability to get open and create separation? I think that's what you're asking. Can he create separation? Does he have the speed to do that? Well, coming out of high school, he was a four-seven guy at about 245, 250 pounds. Now, I, I imagine you know, two years removed from high school, probably closer as he gotten stronger. Probably close with the, you know, with the training you get in college. Probably closer to the 4 6 ish range. We also don't know how his body has changed, how much weight he has dropped, what's he look like now. We don't know. So maybe he's in the 4 low 4 6, maybe even high 4 5 ish range. I don't know. We'll see. But that's what he was in high school. He was a 4 7 guy. I think that he can play the X wide receiver spot. And I know you're focusing a lot there on speed and route running ability. I don't think that speed is necessarily a requirement. For that X position, I think it's a requirement that the X has to be a burner. George Pickens, for example, no, George is faster than Eric Gilbert, but we've talked many times about this before. George is not necessarily an elite speed guy himself. He's fast enough, plenty fast enough to be a vertical threat, but it's not like he's a burner himself. He played the X and did it very, very well. Look at some of these guys in the NFL that played that position. I know if it's you know Larry Fitzgerald plays the slot a lot now, but he he's been an X guy in his career before going back to high school and in college as well. But he was like a 4-6 guy. Des Bryant was like a mid-4-5s guy. Brandon Marshall, mid 4 five. Mike Evans, who's very, I guess, maybe one of the closer comps you can get to what Eric Gilbert is. is like a mid to high 4-5 guy. So you know, maybe a little bit faster than Gilbert, but not like demonstrably so. So I mean, I, I think you can play that position. These guys have proven you can play that position without being like an elite speed guy. Because the name of the game is is you gotta win. You just have to be able to win and get open. You gotta be able to create separation or be able to make contested catches if you if you aren't open. And Gilbert has shown that he can do that. I think he had the second highest rate of on contested catches returning the SEC from last year. So he's shown he can do that. Now I, I will say I'm I'm not one thousand percent convinced that he's a full on X wide receiver yet but I think he can be that with some work, which I just haven't seen him do it consistently. He's lined up up out there at times, but he hasn't played the X before. Can he do it? Yeah, I think he has the skill set to be able to do it. I just need to see it, right? Um, And I will say that he's not going to be a guy that's going to create separation with that speed. As I mentioned, he's not an elite speed guy. He's not going to create separation with speed against most of your cornerbacks that he's going to be going up against so he's going to have to create separation other ways. He's going to have to do that with route running. He is a smooth route runner. He's going to have to create separation with physicality line of scrimmage. They're going to try to press him. He's got to be able to get off that, and I think he can do that, and he's going to have to continue to make contested catches if he wants to play the X position, which he has shown the ability to do at a very high level. Now, I would like to see him more in the slot. That's just me. I think if you put him in the slot and scheme up ways to get him mashed up on safeties, then he can really create separation with speed more so against those guys. So he can play the X and also move around and, and, and put him in the slot at times. I mean, teams do that. I mean, Smith moving all over the place last year for Alabama. And again, honestly, we don't know what Gilbert looks like right now. Has he dropped weight? Does he look more like a true wide receiver? So yeah, like I, I think he can play X. I'm not 100% convinced because I just haven't seen him do it yet. I need to see it first, but I think he has the skill set to do it. I just don't think you're going to see him creating separation vertically down the field just by like turning on the Jets and running past those cornerbacks. I don't think you're going to see that. He's going to get open in different ways, but that's okay. Different guys are built different ways and he can still be a dominant receiver. And that's what you want out of your X. You want that dominant number one wide receiver, that alpha dude over there, X. And I think he can be that.
1: All right. Well, we have one final question today and it comes from our old friend, Alexander. So he says that on the podcast, we've talked about how our defensive scheme isn't built to create a lot of sacks. Mm-hmm. He says, with so many dynamic passing offenses and college football becoming more of a passing sport, do you think it would benefit the team to move to, towards a scheme that puts more pressure on the quarterback?
0: Yeah. What's up, Alexander? Good to hear from you, buddy. That's a great question. Uh, we've talked about this, we talk about this a lot because I think it's, a, it's an important question. And I completely understand the premise of this question, Alexander. I really do. I get where you're coming from. It makes a ton of sense. And in a sense, I, I do agree with it. But here is the philosophy behind what we do and it really is about being able to stop the pass it really is i know it might not seem that way because when i say hey we put emphasis on stopping the run well you're saying well you're you're putting emphasis on stopping the run you don't care about the pass no like we we want to stop the run so that we can be more structurally sound against the pass what we do is we put a premium on structuring our defense in a way that we can stop the run with even numbers in the box and what that does if we can do that it allows us to not have to roll safeties down in the box, put more bodies in there to get numbers against the run. That's what it allows us to do. And that gives us an opportunity to do more things from a coverage standpoint, because now you have more guys you can dedicate to pass coverage, right? So you only have 11, like, let's consider these 11 players like resources. You'd like have, you have 11 resources to use. You can use them however you want. You can use them to stop the run. You can use them to stop the pass. Well, the fewer guys, the fewer bodies, the fewer resources you have to dedicate to stopping the run, the more you have to dedicate to stopping the pass. So if we can stop the run with even numbers, whether that's five or six in the box or whatever, then that means we have more bodies to defend against the pass. We can do more from a coverage standpoint, and we're just generally speaking going to be more structurally sound against the pass. We can play three defenders over two receivers. We can play two defenders over one receiver. We can bracket their top wide receiver. We can do all those kinds of things if you can stop the run with even numbers. If you cannot stop the run with even numbers, then you got to bring safeties in the box. And that's when you create one-on-one opportunities for opposing offenses. And that's really tough to stop, especially when you're facing these high-powered offenses with good quarterbacks like Mac Jones or Trevor Lawrence and good receivers like Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, all those guys. So I agree. Yes, I agree with you. I do. I agree with the premise that we need to be able to slow down high-powered passing offenses because Yeah, that's who we're going to have to beat to win a national championship. We got to beat those teams. But there's more than one way to do that. Sure, one way is, as you you suggest, and a lot of people suggest this, and and I'm not completely against this either myself, but one way to do it is to create havoc, pressure the quarterback, forcing the turnovers, getting antsy in the pocket, forcing the panic, all those kind of things. Create negative plays. That can work. That's one way to do it. But another way to do it is putting an emphasis on stopping the run with those even numbers, being able to play two high safeties, getting teams to third and long, and then getting after them on third and long, which is what we do. So, you know, and I I always come back to this, you know, at at the end of the day, I always come back to this. We might not put up the havoc numbers that everyone wants to see because people love the sack numbers, their highlight plays. We all love that. And negative plays are important. They really are. But at the end of the day, it's about overall production of your defense. And our defense has produced at a level above just about everyone else in the country over the past two seasons. It's really, really, really hard to argue the end results. So to me, it's like it's a means to an end, right? Havoc rate, all that kind of stuff, it's a means to an end. But the end result is what you really care about. Does it matter how you get there? If the end result has been as good as anyone in the country over the past two seasons, so that's kind of the way I look at it. I think there's more than God. It's not like my grandfather now. You talking about me getting older. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Which I, is there? Okay. I that never thought about country
1: that. boy thing you've ever said. there. You
0: go. I got a little country in me. Like, but does that even make any sense? i guess i don't want to
1: know because i don't want more to more than one. It. i
0: mean you to, i mean i guess you could start at different points to skin the cat like i don't i don't where did that even come from who's who is skinning cats
1: who is skinning
0: cats who does that? i don't even know anyway that's it right that's it that's it well if you hate cats wouldn't you want to skin them
1: no that's, oh, it's it's
0: weird yes okay no. anyway we're getting out of here sorry guys uh it's been real we appreciate you guys listening we appreciate everyone singing your questions always feel free to send in questions anytime you got them. You can send them to us on social media, on Twitter at glory underscore UGA. You can DM us. You can just tweet them to us. You can email us if that works easier for you at gloryugapodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys and we'd love to get your take on some of these questions as well, especially the, the question about Georgia as the best job in college football. I'm curious what you guys think there. Let us know and uh, we'd love to kind of get that conversation started on social media. Again, that's at glory underscore UGA. But uh, thanks for listening, guys. We do appreciate it. For Charlie, I'm Tyler. We'll be back later in the week. And as always,
1: go dogs.